Welcome to the Global Sales Mentor Podcast for conversations that drive growth. When you are ready to grow your international sales, join the conversation with your host, Zach Selch. Welcome to Conversations That Drive International Sales. I have Kyle Sloat here, who is in the field of foreign exchange. And we're going to talk a little bit about how you leverage foreign currency to drive your international sales. And so, Kyle, maybe you can just introduce yourself and, and talk a little bit about what you do, and then we'll jump right into the interesting questions and all the interesting stories about foreign currency. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Zach. It's uh, great to be on. So I head up our business development team here at Money Corp. So, you know, essentially what, what we do is we reach out to people who have international sales, international operations, right? And engage with them, see what kind of solutions we can provide to, you know, the challenges that they're facing around foreign currency. So, you know, in terms of Money Corp, we're a leading global FX and payment specialist that you know specializes in payments and managing risk associated with that foreign currency itself. So it can definitely be pretty interesting in, in terms of you know what's going on in the markets and what's going on with people's businesses. And you know, I always love hearing from people like you who have a ton of international business experience and just you know seeing what kind of challenges you guys might have faced in the past. I mean, if you know. At the rate things are developing on on the you know global payments and foreign currency front, you know what solutions we might be able to offer now that maybe weren't available at the time. Yeah, great. So let me tell you my favorite foreign currency story. Okay. I'm in a university town, and I have a lot of friends who are professors, and uh, several of them are econ professors and business professors. Uh, Northwestern has a really good MBA program. So I have a lot of friends who were in that field. And, and a while back, this goes back about 15 years, I was at a party. And I'm talking to somebody and I said, what do you do? And he says, well, I'm a international business professor. Or I'm a professor, professor of international business at Northwestern. And I said, that's interesting. What exactly do you teach? Because I'm in international business and I sort of wonder what they teach in class. So he starts talking a little bit and, you know, they have 13 week uh, courses and it sounds like 90% of what he's teaching is currency fluctuation and hedging against currency fluctuation. So I sort of chuckled. I said, I'll tell you what, I spend about 30 minutes a month dealing with currency issues. There are so many other things that I deal with. I said, I understand how important it is, but it's like your whole course is based on this. And I've never lost a sale because of currency fluctuation. This is what I said. This was about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, skip forward to, I want to say 2014. And I don't know if you remember, but the Brazilian real dropped about 60% in mm-hmm. a matter of possibly days, no more yeah. than about two weeks. Yeah. So I had a customer, uh, sorry, a distributor, a partner, who got a purchase order for about a $1.5 million deal. And about three days later, the real dropped. So he's holding a purchase order, but he can't put that, he can't give me that order because now the difference in currency has changed so much that he simply can't afford to give me that order. On the other hand, he's accepted the order from the customer, right? So this poor guy is totally screwed. And he's like, well, Zach, can you, um, 
you know, can you take some of this damage yourself? And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know how I can handle that. Right. So we're going how good back. Friends are you? <laughs> Sorry. I say, how good of friends are you guys? Maybe that, that's exactly it. It's like, <laughs> how good a friend am I? So we go back and forth with the customer and, and the man, you know, me, I was the manufacturer and the distributor and we're going back and forth trying to find a solution. And we, it took months to figure out how we were going to solve this problem and get goods out. So, you know, you can go years without having, you know, it's like any type of insurance, right? You go years yep. without having a, a disaster, but when that disaster hits, you probably want to be in control, you know, have some way of hedging that damage. So that's, that's yeah. my personal experience with this, right? I, I've never had anything quite so bad, but, but since then I've had, you know, you, you can see the past seven or eight years, there have been major currency fluctuations, the Australian yep. dollar, the euro, I think the real's the biggest one, but boy, you mm -hmm. get some, you know, and they impact sales, right? Certainly. And I would say real is one of the trickiest currencies to work with in general. They have so many restrictions on, on the central bank. Right. But with that said, that's kind of where we see one of our, our biggest growth opportunities right now. Exactly. That's because we, we purchased a bank in Brazil. Right. Where, there, where there's risk, that's where you come in, right? Exactly. And you're, you're like working with somebody who does any type of insurance. I mean, I know it's different from insurance, but essentially yeah. that's what it is. We are, you know, people like me are paying you a piece to take the risk away, right? Is that fair to say? I would say it's reasonably fair to say. And you know, there are kind of a, a few different approaches, right? When people are looking at these currencies and, and putting together a strategy, right? It's, you know, I don't want any risk. Take me all the way out. Right. Not interested. No, thank you. Right. You have the people who are, you know, trying to squeeze out every little, you know, few pips in their favor, right? right. And really maximize that. And then you have people in between, but kind of the, the way that I always look at it is, Protecting risk, yes, but more importantly, kind of protecting margins, right? And thinking about it in that perspective, I think you, you can go a lot farther. And you know exactly like the situation where you mentioned, you know, huge fluctuations can totally wipe out a deal. Right. Or, you know, especially with people in some of these other countries like Brazil, you know, Colombia, you know, parts of Asia, parts of Africa, you know, even if, you know, the currency is doing well. Sometimes it's difficult for them to get their hands on, you know, the U.S. dollars, right? Oh yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what. I don't know if you've heard stories like this, but I've gotten paid for goods in Argentina by a wine company. Yeah. And what was going on was I was shipping goods to my partner in Argentina, who was a medical mm -hmm. medical company, a distribution company. Mm -hmm. And he was making a deal with a friend of his or somebody he knew who exported wine. So he was essentially, I was shipping him goods. He was selling those goods, buying wine, exporting the wine. Somebody was selling the wine for dollars. Mm -hmm. And then I would get paid by, you know, somebody who had sold Argentinian wine in the US because he had dollars. And I can only imagine how difficult it was for this poor guy to manage this whole way of paying me 
you know, what, what I needed to get paid. Right. So, you know, it, it's a wild world out there sometimes. Right. Well, not only is it, is it difficult just figuring that out, it's also difficult figuring out, okay, how much am I even going to make on this deal when all of a sudden done? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. So, it, it could be wild. I've, uh, you know, the latest one recently has been Venezuela and, you know, I've heard some horror stories there. People, you know, trying to do transactions by, by literally shipping gold or right, you know, right. using cryptocurrency or right. barrels of oil, all kinds of, you know, I guess exactly. currency is a commodity. So, you know, so yeah, exactly. You, you try and figure it out. Yeah. I haven't done business with, with uh, Venezuela and probably five or six years. And, <laughs> you know, there are a couple of countries I don't want to touch with a 10 foot pole right now, but, but I guess, look, they need to buy stuff. Right. So, so my not, being able to solve that problem is probably costing me some revenue, right? So, so there you go. Yeah. And just another interesting one recently was, you know, somebody in the, um, you know, plane manufacturing industry, Mm. not Boeing or anything like that, but somebody who's doing, you know, more mid-sized models and they're working with airlines based out of Nigeria, which, you know, as far as Africa goes, it's, you know, pretty good. But uh, their banks, they don't have yeah. liquidity to provide them, you know, millions and millions of U.S. dollars. Yeah. Uh, we ended up working or we're in the process of working on a deal around South African rands, right, which is right. the dominant currency there. So it's, it's definitely, at least my approach is always like, let's put our kind of heads together, see what kind and of... Be a little creative, Yeah. Exactly. So why don't you tell me some stories you've heard about some challenges, how different small manufacturers or mid-sized manufacturers, because we're not all Boeing, we're not all IBM, you know, they have people on board, they can hire their own economists to figure this out. But if you're a mid-sized manufacturer, what are some of the challenges and, and some of the answers that you're seeing people facing? Yeah, so, you know, as people are doing more and more, you know, sales overseas, right? You know, not, not only can just finding a way to be able to, you know, receive that revenue, right? Be difficult within itself, right? Do I need to open up local accounts, right? right. You know, I would say just taking it a step further, most people don't have a good idea of how foreign currency is actually priced, right? So yep. they'll call their bank, they'll get a rate of the day, they'll say, sounds good enough, and, and we'll kind of go from there. Uh, and, you know, a lot of these deals, you're leaving three to 5% on the table just to the, oh, yeah. which is. And I'll tell you what, you work so hard, you know, to negotiate up your margins, and then you're leaving money on the table because you're being a little sloppy with one of the logistical aspects, right? Exactly. And I, the kind of way that I like to sometimes think about it is like, if you hire a new head of sales, right. And he increases your global sales by, you know, two, 3%. It's a pretty good outcome. You know, that's You're decent. pretty happy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Why would you leave that same amount on the table? So, you know, kind of one of the big benefits with us and with some other, other providers is that, you know, we can offer receivable capabilities. So you don't need to, open those costly accounts with your bank, right? right? You can just receive the funds directly into a segregated account of your own and whatever right. currency, exchange the currencies between and kind of manage your currency from that perspective. And 
you know, kind of the traditional model in terms of price for the more price savvy people is let me get as many banks as I can, call them up individually, right? Say, right. what rate are you going to give me? Oh, well, my guy at Wells Fargo says, so give me this rate. Right. Here says, so give me this rate, right? And kind of playing that game. Um, we automatically do that with 20 right. banks all electronically. So in terms of price, we're really able to kind of beat anyone. So those are kind of the two main problems, right? Just not understanding what's on the table and then just having the logistics to be even able to work with the foreign currency. Right. So right. Once, once you get there, right, then let's say, how do I protect myself from this risk? And okay. there's a few different strategies, right? You know, some of the larger manufacturers that are having, you know, larger orders, right, machines, whatever it might be, right? maybe it makes sense to do a, a forward hedge on, right. you know, individual purchase order and just say. Yeah. I've, I've done that. You know, when you're dealing with a, a purchase order of a quarter of a million bucks or so, makes sense, you know? Exactly. So you, you don't, you know, you have a desired margin and, and a lot of these companies can have pretty tight margins, right? And you can easily have your entire margin wiped out. So right. just locking it in ahead of time, which is all the Ford is really doing, can definitely be beneficial. But I would say Fords are kind of, you know, probably still in the States, the main way people do it. Right. right. And I would say the States is a little bit behind in terms of foreign currency and how they deal, deal with it. But what more and more people are starting to do are using, you know, option and derivative products, which, right. you know, still give you the same protection benefit, but allow you to you know, take advantage of those swings in your favor. So you're not missing right. out and, and being, you know, overhead. Right. Right. So, you know, there's the, per purchase order approach. There's a full on comprehensive portfolio approach. You right. know, the I have the market view that the dollar is gonna keep getting stronger approach. I have the market view that right. you know, the dollar is gonna get weaker approach. And our right. job is to tell you your market view. Our job is to give you the info to help you figure it out and then put together a policy around that market view. Right. No, that's, that's, that's great and that's, that's very helpful. So, I have this argument with or discussion with a lot of people. Okay. I typically try to avoid putting out price lists in other currencies. Mm. Now, what do I mean by that? I, you know, sometimes I'll do price lists in euros and dollars. I really don't like doing a lot more than that because mm. then I'm taking the risk on myself. But I know, you know, I've, I've been with companies, I've joined a company and they have a price list in 12 currencies, right? And then what mm -hmm. I'll do is I'll say, okay, I'd like to phase this out over the next year and not, you know, not do it next year and, and simplify. But I know people do it and it can be very effective for them. So why don't we talk about the pros and cons of that, of do you want to put out a price list in multiple currencies for, and what, what are the, the benefits of that? And what are the dangers of that? Yeah, definitely. So a few things. I mean, I'll, I'll say just straight up, there are some jurisdictions where it's just not going to make sense to really offer a price in that currency just because it's right. going to be too difficult to collect, you know, too costly for you. And some countries just, you know, have incentives around, you know, working with dollars, right? Whether it's right. tax incentives or, or whatever it might be. So it's not always going to be the case that, you know, I'm, I'm not allowed to say you're always going to want to send it out in, in that right. currency, but... You know, what I would say is if we maybe think a little bit about the converse, right? Somebody who is sending you, you know, an invoice in dollars, 
right? What are they doing with that invoice? They're building in a cost of their exchange. So some additional money for themselves, which is usually pretty significant because they're not getting good rates from their bank. Yep. And then what are they, what else are they doing? They're building in a little bit more margin because right. what happens during this? They're, they're, they're taking safety on top of safety on top of safety. Usually. Exactly. And then plus just a little extra for the hassle. Right. So, you know, I think offering a price in the local currency, right? It's fair to build in that, that extra margin and makes it more attractive, you know, for your buyers overseas, right? Significantly. And it can solve some of these issues where difficulty getting your hands on the currency, whatever it might right. be. And then, you know, if you have a good partner and, you know, at least somebody who's going to be honest with you about, hey, how they're pricing your currency and what kind of margin that they're making, right? right? You can, you know, definitely come out with a situation where your overall margin is increasing. So, so I don't like, I don't know. I, I honestly, I haven't given this a lot of thought and I'm guessing you have more, but let's say I'm a hundred million dollar exporter and I'm exporting to 25 countries right now, yeah. but you know how it is. It's probably 60 to 70% is going to be the three countries. Right. And then the rest are all small countries. Would you say this is the line you should draw this percentage of your overall sales or this much money if I wanted to offer because let's say the euro is an easy call right you're, yeah. you're dealing with 27 countries it's typically the big you know depending on what on where your what your product is like your biggest currency after dollars is probably going to be euros right depending on mm -hmm. it so the question is okay how do you decide which currencies are, are you're going to offer a price in that currency and which currencies you're going to say, Hey, uh, suck it up and, and pay me in dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's a good question. I would say, you know, anything like Euro Canadian pound, right. Super safe. We call them the, right. the fiat currencies and, so and, you're not even thinking, no, sorry to interrupt you, but you're, the way you're looking at it, you're not even thinking about percentage of sales. You're saying this is just a, a no-brainer because it's not going to change that much, right? I, I, would say maybe, yeah, I would say maybe by country is where it makes the most sense. But I guess if it's a percentage of overall sales, right, I would say... I would say maybe do the math yourself, right? Think about an additional <laughs> few percentage on, on right. your overall volumes of sale. And, and that's what I always encourage people to say, is this worth it to me, right? Is an extra, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 grand on these sales, does that move the needle for me? And no, that, that makes perfect sense because I think you're taking a look at it and you're saying, okay, is this going to get me another 50, you know, is it going to get me another 50 or 80K worth of sales and if the cost is only going to be a thousand bucks for, you know, the, the hedging, then yeah, it's worth it for me. Right. So I think that's where you got, I think you're right. I was just looking to see if anybody had ever talked to you in terms of that, about how to make yeah, that no, decision. That's, a, that's an interesting approach, certainly. And I would say our kind of first approach is always, you know, let's have a conversation, but then let's figure out what numbers we can put on it. And then is this worth it to you? And, and another thing I would say is with, you know, the more flexible hedges, right? The option and derivative products, not only is it's no longer just about protecting 
your margin, right? You'll still, you'll still do that, but you can also create some positive variance, right? That wouldn't have been right. there before if you were just working with US dollars. Well, that, that makes perfect sense. And then, like you said, in the end of the day, it either pays for itself or it doesn't pay for itself, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're taking a look at it and go, you know, I'm going to make a little bit more money and that little bit more money can add up, like you said, maybe the cost of another salesperson, right? You know, so, or a trade show, like that little bit of money you're saving by working with somebody like you and hedging on that currency fluctuation, that could be another trade show. That could be another regional sales manager's salary, right? So and it could it's just an interesting mean, way to look at it. It could just mean, you know, it's just straight up significantly, you know, more sales for a specific country. I would, you know, right. I would say the worst rate I've ever seen was somebody's, somebody's distributor in Pakistan, which is granted a pretty difficult currency. They were paying close to 30%. Yeah to exchange US dollars, which is by far the most astronomical, terrible margin I've ever seen. Right. right? I would say five is still a pretty bad margin, right? Maybe right. depending on the country, right? You'll get a little bit higher than that. But you know, once once they were able to fix that, it, it was it was just a huge boost because they that that distributor was having to build that in. Yeah. Cost structure. So. Exactly. And that's that's basically purely wasted money. Right. When somebody is building in safety margin because they don't, they're insecure, that's wasted money. Right. That's it. So what, what else can I do to protect myself as a manufacturer when I'm doing business internationally from a currency perspective? You know, I would, I would say just, you know, obviously hedging is the biggest one, but I would say just considering, okay, what's, going on with this currency? What's going on with this country? Is this, you know, a safe currency to be, you know, operating with? Are there restriction liquidities? Are there significant consideration to be made on, you know, the political situation? But, you know, I I would say, obviously, we'll, we'll help talk you through whatever country you might be working with and whatever currency you might be working with. And it might be a case like with the Naira where, Hey, you know, let, maybe let's think about using South African Rand instead. Right. It, it might just be the case of, yeah, it's pretty risky. There's not a big risk of them doing non-payment, right? You have a good relationship right. with yeah. them. Why don't we just put a hedge on the back of this? So even if the currency tanks, right, they're still paying you the same amount of currency. You're right. still paying the same margin. So great. Great. And of course, it's always cool to hear funny stories. So can you tell me any funny stories about how people have totally screwed this up? Well, <laughs> and you don't have to name names, well, of course. Always, they're always funny after the fact, not so funny at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But I mean, if we're thinking, thinking recently, right, with the Swiss, Swiss franc being unpegged, I had a, a friend who yep. worked at a previous country where he had a client that had a bunch of revenue, sales revenue, sitting in a Swiss Swiss account that basically, I think it tripled. Yeah. But there was so much fluctuation and so much you know activity in the market, he couldn't even get it out. Right, right. And ultimately, he ended up taking a big loss. So he wasn't happy at the time, but you know he saw him and you know thousands of other people saw you know millions of dollars free millions of dollars sitting here <laughs> right now 
So there, there's definitely been things like that. And, you know, we've seen people get, you know, and, and that's the other thing and, and about hedging, right, is if you're doing just a simple forward, like we talked about, you know, if you're not doing an option, you can easily miss out on those moves in your favor. So we've seen some people who opted to do that and, you know, left 100 grand on the table. And right. it's always frustrating, but, you know, it's life lessons, live and learn, and, and we'll help, you know, put together the policy that's going to be right for you and try to, you know, keep you informed on what's going on with the markets, right? We Nobody has a, a crystal ball. If we did, we wouldn't be talking to you. We'd just be trading the market all day. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, so... And that's, that's the thing, I think, when you take a look at it that way and you talk about what you could earn, you know, if this, if, if by taking control of this element of the risk, you can, you know, make two more percent margin, three more percent margin over the course of a year, that's, that's significant money, you know, if, if you're selling, so, so that's 30K on a million bucks, right? If you're looking at 3%. So mm-hmm. if you're selling... Uh, 10 million bucks, right? That's 300K right there. That's not bad, you know, just in terms of a little bit of money f- to do a little bit more work because the work involved isn't that much, right? That's a couple of hours. I mean, from the manufacturer's perspective, I'm thinking that's a couple of hours a month to call somebody like you, talk it through, mm-hmm. do the pay, you know, get a, an assistant to do the paperwork. That That's pretty good return on investment if you can do that. So that's not a bad way of, of dealing with it. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll say the one thing about our approach, which is maybe a little bit different is, you know, we came over from the UK, we're processing about 70 billion in total FX transactions. So we have a fairly substantial global infrastructure. Right. And our approach, you know, is essentially we'll make it available to you. You know, there's not going to be any cost, There's going to be any obligation. Right? right. And if you take advantage of it, you know, it's because you're getting a good rate and it's more beneficial for you. And then we'll make our money when you execute right. through us. So from that perspective, it's, it's definitely a win-win. And, you know, the other thing I'll say is on, you know, as people grow internationally, you know, you get more and more payments going out internationally as well in foreign currency. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, there's definitely a benefit to requesting, you know, invoices in the local currency from them as well. Right. You, you think about the margin they're building in is not going to be there. And you think about, hey, if we see it, you know, the 90 day terms on my invoice, we see a 5% move. Maybe it's right. still better for me to pay a dollar and I'll just pay a dollar. Right, so right. Those, those considerations are definitely something, you know, that we can kind of help businesses talk through. And you know, I think right. it's always an interesting conversation. At the very least. Uh, can't, can't argue with that, Kyle. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Anything you want to say to plug your company uh, and your and what you do before we uh, we part part ways today? Yeah, definitely. We can uh, include my contact information in this. I'll, and, uh, I'll do that. Yep. Yeah, and then you know, if anybody has a particular question about a specific country or currency, whether it's you know something that you've already started you know doing business in or or just considering it, happy to take the call spend a few minutes seeing if there's a solution here for you and take it from there. Great. Well, thanks a lot for your time, Kyle. And again, this is Conversations That Drive International Sales. We talk about different ways to help you as an exporter grow your international sales. So uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, one last thing. We do have a partnership with the Exim Bank. So if you're a member of the Exim Bank, we'd love to talk. 
XM Bank's going to be a whole nother subject. And I, I love the XM Bank because, again, when you're dealing with risk, you got to, the, the, this is also a whole different area of risk. But, you know, people will come back and they'll say, ooh, this, this looks a little risky. I don't want to do business. And a lot of companies walk away from deals, especially, and I'll tell you what, my, my personal experience is you'll be dealing with a government and the government will say, look, I can't pay you up front. It's like, we just don't have the methodology to do it, right? But it's, mm-hmm. it's the government of Colombia. In the yeah. end of the day, you're going to get paid, right? So you go to XM Bank, you give them three points or two, you know, two points and change, and you know you're going to get this deal. And I've, had, I've done multi-million dollar deals that way with government. I actually, I think I've only used the XM Bank for governments, but you could use them for other, other people. Yeah. But again, these are, you know, people, they, they come and they say, hey, I can't pay you up front, right? I'm mm-hmm. not going to give you cash in advance. Deal with it. And XM Bank is a great way to do that. Because very often, you're, you're, if you're a smaller or mid-sized company, right? Your board is going to say, hey, I'm not going to ship $4 million to Saudi Arabia or Colombia without getting paid for it. And, you know, on the other side, the, you know, the Ministry of Health or the the government is saying, well, we don't pay in advance. I can't, you know, I'm I'm buying a whole bunch of stuff this year. I'm not going to pay one vendor in advance, you know, Mm -hmm. suck it up. And XM Bank is the right choice, right? So th- there you go. I, di- I you know what? I didn't realize you guys were also partnership partners with XM Bank. So there you go. Learn something yeah. new every day. And if you want, we can you know have the person that set up that partnership join the next uh, the XM podcast. But what one last right. note? If if you're not dealing with the government, right? But it's it's somebody yeah. else, and you are using the XM Bank, it can definitely be attractive to let them know we have a hedge yeah. in place. We'll accept local currency. You're not, you know, part of the reason they're worried about paying is they don't know where their currency is going to be at versus right. the dollar. So right. giving them that yeah. assurance can help as well. And I'll tell you what, some of these big deals, you know, the companies just have trouble getting together enough money or even getting to get, I've, look, I've had distributors I've worked with put a mortgage on their house to give me an LC, right? And wow. I felt bad about it, yeah. but, you know, sometimes that's where you end up. And working with XM Bank, sometimes you can save that problem. You know, yeah. it, the the biggest, I'll tell you what, the biggest problem, and, and this, you might've heard this before, the biggest problem I find with my, with being in my shoes, right? Be, you're the VP of international sales of a company that, you know, does a few hundred million dollars and you go to the board or you go to the, the CFO and you say, I want to work with XM Bank or I want to hedge my risks because I want to make sure that we're going to get paid. And he's like, whoa, whoa, Zach, what do you mean you're not sure you're going to get paid? And I'm like, well, I know I'm going to get paid, but I'm, I'm more confident if I get a partner involved. And he's like, well, you shouldn't be dealing with customers if you don't think you're going to get paid. <laughs> and, you know, so once you raise the word risk with your CFO, very often in American manufacturers, they're like, well, I, I want zero risk. If yeah. you if you if you have a question about that customer, then don't do business with them, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, you know, there are customers you're going to have a risk. Yeah. You have to find a way to hedge the risk. You can't just walk away from deals because there's a, an element of risk involved, right? And that's where you guys come in. So, yeah. And what I will, uh, you know, additionally say that 
you know, we find with, with these CFOs is if you get an extra, you know, hundred grand in foreign currency fluctuations yep. in your favor on your balance sheet, right? You might get a pat Not on a the bad back. thing, right? Yeah, but you know, conversely, if you get the same amount as a loss, you know, that's how people lose their jobs. So having a conversation <laughs> about risk is definitely that. That is exactly right, Kyle. Well, again, thanks a lot for coming on board with us. I appreciate it. And again, this is Zach Selch, Conversations that Drive International Sales. Uh, Join us every week for more information about how to drive your international sales. Great talking with you, Zach. Thanks a lot, Kyle.